All right. Tonight, I'm going to be talking to you about exposing Satan's plans. Last week, we talked about deception and how people in the end time are going to be deceived. Not everybody, of course, because there's going to be a great revival river flowing at the same time. There's going to be a great falling away. So unfortunately, though, there are going to be those that fall away during the end of time, which we believe if we're not right in the middle of it, we are right on the edge of it, the end time, and all that that brings to our world and the deception that is let loose on the world. Um, there are, you know, I pray for the Pope. He's got his issues with theology and um, and he's a man of great influence in our world. And when he starts talking about things that are unbiblical, and, you know, it just really brings confusion to people and deception. And so, and that's not just in the Catholic Church. That's in, across the board. There are, there are unfor- unfortunately, there are people that have fallen under the spell of deception, men and women that are spiritual leaders. So God Help us. Let's pray. Pray for me. I I hope you are. Pray for all of our staff. Uh, Pray for our church family. None of us want to fall under deception. So tonight, in order to help us not fall under deception, we're going to expose the devil's plans. Is that all right? Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you so much, Lord, for these people. Thank you for their heart for you, their heart to reach others. Lord, I pray that none of us would ever fall under any measure of deception. God, may our eyes be wide open to the truth of your word. And Lord, let us us reverence you and reverence your word and honor you and not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And for that, we give you thanks and praise. Bless these people. Bless their families. I pray for the youth ministry going on tonight. God, I pray you touch every young man, every young lady in there. And God, that you see how much they go through. I pray that you would touch and minister to their lives in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Praise God. It is a different world for those that are over the age of 40, well, even 30, but let's just say 40. Over the age of 40, it's a different world than what it was when um, you were growing up. And I had uh, Hector, who volunteers to make sure that all things are secure around here and been doing so for 10-plus years. say to me that he's in a school now down in South Florida. And he said to me, he said, Pastor, you will not believe the kids in this school that are into the gay lifestyle, openly gay, walking down the halls of the school. And um, just, he said, it's just kind of overwhelming, the number of kids that are there. Something that I never, ever, 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 never saw growing up in our school, and uh, it, would, it was unheard of. It would have been in our school, and if there was anything going on with anybody, it certainly wouldn't have been advertised. 
So it's a different world. We're not to, uh, we're not to, to um, have a wrong attitude toward those people. We're to love everybody. Say amen, all right? We love everybody. And this church has done a lot over the years to reach people, not just in a gay lifestyle, but in um, any kind of sinful lifestyle. We have seen thousands upon thousands and thousands of thousands of people come into the light out of darkness. Amen? All right, so let's get into the message exposing Satan's plans, um, the devil's antics, his tricks, his uh, deceptions. That's why you got to stay in the Word. Don't get deceived. You are subject to deception if you don't stay in the Word. Okay, all right. Number one, the devil comes as a fowler, uh, spreading his snares. In other words, the enemy wants to trip us up. Let's read Psalm 91. It's a great Psalm. Verse 1, 2, and 3. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. Surely, Surely God shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler or the trap of the fowler. Um, uh, a fowler is a bird trapper, but here it's just referring to the enemy of our soul who is laying snares or traps for our lives. I've mentioned this before, but many, many years ago, we had a lady in our church. She went through a divorce. She fell away from God. Uh, she wasn't living for the Lord. But all of a sudden, uh, she shows up with her boyfriend to service, and I get up and read this verse, uh, talking, I don't even remember about what, but I read this verse, and she's sitting there listening to this verse, and saying, he shall deliver, God shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Uh, guess what the last name of her boyfriend was? Fowler. All right, so anyway, I mean, you know, sometimes God sends little signs, and sometimes he sends billboards, all right? So uh, I don't know if she, what she ever did, but that was a billboard, all right? So from the snare of the one you're sitting by, honey. All right, so anyway, the snare of the fowler. And from the perilous pestilence, the dangerous afflictions, uh, pestilence. Mentioned many times in the Bible, uh, everything from, um, you know, sickness or disease or uh, afflictions of, uh, of kinds of infestations. So uh, it's a terrible thing to say the least. Well, in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 17, that book that Pastor Ben was talking about, it says, Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. Uh, I, the Proverbs is an incredible book, and we've gone through it in the past a couple of times. Maybe it's time to go through it again, chapter by chapter. It's just a phenomenal, phenomenal book uh, of wisdom. And uh, surely in vain, the net is spread in the sight of any bird. Let me, let me see if I can pull up a scripture. Um, well, it's in the New Americans or NIV here, but it says in 2 Corinthians 2.11, it says in order that Satan might not outwit us. 
in order that Satan, 2 Corinthians 2.11, may not outwit us, for we are not unaware. Uh, we are not unaware of his schemes. And so tonight we're, we're reemphasizing the fact that you and I are not to be unaware of the schemes of the enemy. Um, for years and years I have prayed, I bind every uh, scheme, plan, and device I, uh, I, that the enemy would send against us and against me and this staff and this church. I bind it in the name of Jesus Christ because he has a scheme against me, he has a scheme against you, or a trap that he intends to try to set and uh, a fowler that sets a trap. But we are not unaware of the Satan, his devices. So think about it right now. Think about right now, for every one of us, what is the trap the enemy is trying to set for us? What is the trap? Because we're not unaware of it, as we've just read, we are aware of his schemes and plans. So what is he cooking up to try to take us down? Well, uh, I probably shouldn't even mention this, but there's like a little, um, little when we bought our house a couple years ago and moved closer to the church, um, we, there's a little, not a shed, but a part of a, a little side garage there, just a little small area. And I never hardly ever go back there, but there's Christmas things back there and, and decorations and even um, I think some frames or pictures. And so I went back there a couple of weeks ago and opened the door and guess what runs out the door? A rat. Not just a rat, not a mouse. Mouse are small. I've never seen a big, huge mouse, all right? But a big rat with a long tail runs out. And I'm like, oh, my Lord. Uh, we're about ready to be gone for a few days. And so I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So um, I went to Home Depot. I looked. I found some stuff that was supposed to be uh, rats food type uh, that would appeal to rat food like lasagna or whatever or cheese uh, tastes like I don't know what it tastes like I didn't taste it but you put it down they're supposed to eat it they're supposed to go wherever they're going for eternity and so but um, and they ate some of it and then I came back a week or so later I opened it up and I seat to my shock Two big rats. Now, something happens when you get saved. Um, growing up on a farm, I would have killed every rat with rat shot and 22 rifle that I could have found. Uh, I killed birds. I went hunting. Don't, don't look at me in a bad way. All right, so uh, I'm just telling you. Uh, I love duck hunting and shooting ducks, and we'd eat the duck. Mom make duck dressing. and um, So anyway, years ago, I had someone say, you shouldn't be killing. And I asked him, I said, do you go fishing? Well, I have. Well, what would you rather have? Somebody shoot you or put a hook in your mouth and drag you down the road? <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I wasn't going to put up with that stuff. But anyway, I'm just, let's put this thing in perspective here. So, um, 
you know, certain animals. I mean, God, you know, fish and whatever. But, but something did happen to me because I used to love, love, love to go dove hunting. And then I got saved. Then I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then I read about the Holy Spirit coming down in the form of dove. And then it was like, I go hunting and I'm like, I can't do this. I just can't do this. It's like shooting the Holy Spirit. I just can't do this anymore. Um, and even the rats, I wanted them gone. I didn't want them eating and destroying stuff. Uh, I wanted them gone. But there was a little tiny part of me that was like, you know, they're a living, breathing creature. I don't know what their purpose was, but uh, I'm sure there's some purpose other than the Agavatus. But, uh, but then I got serious because when I saw two of them, I'm like, okay, I got to get them because they're going to ruin, ruin our stuff in here. So then I got some of that sticky stuff. Thought that, you know, that'll be less sticky stuff down. I, and one of them was apparently so big, they got stuck and drugged the things halfway through there. And uh, so I'm like, oh, wow, this is, what am I going to do here? So I put the sticky stuff out, and then there was one that got caught. And um, anyway, it was so sad. But uh, um, anyway, um, let, let me change here, gears here. All right, so anyway, I've got some of you women are like, oh, my God, have mercy. Um, but. We are one short rat, okay? And so anyway, um, so then I got a trap and put some cheese in it and pulled that baby back. Um, and, and so I was like, put cheese on there. Rats, I heard, like cheese. And uh, I put it on there. And I came back a day later, still nothing. Um, I'm not sure what the problem is. But uh, anyway, I shouldn't have probably even stole that story. Okay, so uh, anyway, but I, there's a rat tra trap there, and I put what I thought the rat would like. Some nice, expensive Publix cheese, all right? So, uh, but apparently he doesn't like that particular brand, so he's not biting. But Satan knows what we like. He knows what attracts us, and he sets the trap with the same kind of concentration and intensity that I set that trap and place something in it. He sets a trap for us. The good news is we don't have to eat the cheese, all right? We don't have to go for the bait. We don't have to yield to the enemy, and we're not, by the grace and help of God, say amen, all right? So uh, you and I are, are not going to fall far the trap, say amen, all right? Let me read another verse that's a good one, 2 Timothy chapter 2, 25. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, that so that they may know the truth. So in humility, we reach out to people who are far from God that hopefully they will repent and that they may come to their senses. There it is. And that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil or the trap of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Wow. Uh, 
In other words, if you're sitting in this building and you don't know Jesus Christ, you're not following Christ, you are trapped. You are in a trap, uh, a snare of the devil. You've been taken captive by him to do his will. You think that, no, you're, gonna, you're doing his, your will. No, you're doing his will. So you are trapped and uh, God help you. You got a great opportunity tonight to say, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm getting out of this snare, this trap. I'm going your way, God's way, and I'm going to do your will instead of Satan's will. Verse 25 says, so that they may know the truth. Verse 26 says, in the, in the Greek word here, that they may awaken out of the snare of the enemy. Uh, verse 26, let me read it again. And they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, um, and they may awaken out of the snare of the enemy. The only place of safety is under the uh, dwelling secret place of the Most High. Number two, Satan is a sifter, a sifter. He not only sets traps for us, but he tries to sift us. And in Luke twenty-two thirty-one, and the Lord said to Simon Peter, Simon, Simon, Indeed, Satan has asked for you. Think about it. Satan had come and asked for Peter that he may sift you as wheat. Remember when the enemy came to God and asked for Job? And God said, okay, you can go so far and no further. He asked for Job to sift Job and to turn Job away from God. And unfortunately, the enemy uh, took his children. God didn't say you could take his children, but he, he took his children. He left his wife and she said, curse God and die. And Job did not turn from God. And you say, why would all that happen? Job is a living testimony to what you and I should do in the worst and most difficult times of our life. And that is throw ourselves at the feet of Christ and worship him right on through that difficulty until God turns it around for good in which he did. And Satan has asked for you Jesus said that he may sift you as wheat. Now, you usually sift wheat to get rid of the chaff, which is no good or no, uh, no use. And yet, Satan sifts us to try to get rid of our desire for God and putting God first in our lives. So, he's a sifter. Number three. Uh, Satan transforms himself into a messenger of light. We're just bringing to your remembrance tonight some of the things the enemy does to try to displace us, get us off track, to uh, enslave us and trap us, and to diffuse the power of God that God wants flowing through our lives to impact our world. Number three, Satan transforms himself into a messenger of light. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 14, 15. And no wonder for Satan himself, Paul writes, Satan himself 
transforms himself into an angel of light. Think about it. Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light and, and tries to appear as good instead of evil. Therefore, it is of no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of, look at this, righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. Folks, part of staying out of deception is not being deceived by people who are following uh, these, the enemy and have transformed themselves into ministers of righteousness, and yet their works deceive them. So we, we look at their works. We look at not just their words. Uh, uh, look at Matthew chapter 7, 16. By their fruit, you shall know them. It's not by their words, but by their fruit or their works, you shall know them. Didn't say by their words. Christians, I think, too many times are mainly deceived through the words of others and the influence of others. You cannot believe, you cannot believe the news anymore, if you ever could. You cannot believe the newspaper. Um, it just hit me just recently how long it's been since I read a newspaper. Years and years ago, I mean almost every day, I would read the Orlando Sentinel. When I first came to this city, how many of you, how many of you get the Orlando Sentinel? Uh, nobody? Our, well, a few of you. All right. Uh, and so it's not a sin, okay? Anyway, and so um, it's, you know... I don't think, but anyway, and so no, I'm kidding. When I first came to the city, the Orlando Sentinel was 10 cents. Now, um, I don't know if it was worth 10 cents, but it was 10 cents. When they went up to 25 cents, I went in the store, look, across from Goldenrod Church, and I went in the store over there, and they said, oh, it's going up, it's 25 cents. I'm like, 25 cents? I'm not going to pay 25 cents for a paper that I've been paying 10 cents for. All right, so anyway, uh, now what is it? Buck and, buck and a quarter or who knows what it is. I don't know what it is now. Hopefully you're getting a good deal if you're still getting it. But years ago, a lady in our church, I, she was in the filming industry, her and her husband, um, like motion pictures and different film, um, and she had a company with equipment. And so um, I read an article in the Orlando Sentinel, and it said something about local woman and her involvement in the film. Uh, she owned a company. And so I started reading, and I liked this couple, and uh, of course. And, and so I start reading it, and it says that yeah, uh, she works hard. She's involved in all kind of business. And, and on weekends, they, they like to party. I'm like, okay. They like to party. I haven't seen that side of them. They're usually in church. Do they party before church or after church? I don't know. And so I was a little bit puzzled. But 
So I called her up and said, hey, I, I just want to tell you, I, was, I read the article in the paper, you know, I'm proud. She's like, oh, pastor. Here comes the confession. And uh, she's like, oh, pastor, I, I am so sorry. You won't believe what happened. A reporter comes out. He starts interviewing me. And I'm telling him that, um, Yes, I, you know, God's opened this door. And, and, and then she said, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a committed believer and I, and I go to church on Sunday and, and da, da, da. And she said, his demeanor changed when she, he found out I was a Christian. His demeanor changed, his attitude changed. Um, and he writes, instead of any of that, he writes, and she likes to party on the weekend. What a liar. What a, just a deceiver. And yet, I'm her pastor, and I believed it. I mean, I didn't know any better. I didn't know back then that people in newsprint lied. I didn't know any, I didn't know that people on TV lied. I thought everybody was telling me the truth. I mean, it is true that as Christians, we have a tendency to, when somebody's talking to, we have a tendency to believe them. And we have a hard time believing that anybody would lie on print, in a newspaper, or on television. And I'm just telling you, you can't hardly believe anything anybody says in public anymore. And so, don't swallow everything you hear because it will mess you up and it will cause you to believe things that are not true. And there are just plain out uh, people that do not like Christians. They'll lie about Christians and not just that, they'll lie about other stuff. So you gotta be really careful and not just hear what people say, but see what they do also in their actions and in their lifestyle, in their words, and, and uh, uh, people will lie to you. And of course, you know, uh, when I first came to this city, I thought everybody was telling the truth, but now I've discovered, yes, there are people that will lie. Um, and uh, there are people that would lie just because they lie. And uh, one time I was driving down the road a guy in our church, a young man, I was trying to help him and spend some time with him. And he's talking and I'm finally, I can handle it. I can't take it anymore because I know he's lying. And by this time in my life, I don't like to be lied to. And so I'd gotten a little braver and I'm like, whoa, whoa, that's not true. Now, when you tell a liar that they're not telling the truth. I mean, they will tell another lie, all right? So uh, that's just the default. Um, they will tell another lie to try to convince you. And, and before it's over with, you're like, get out of my car and don't ever get back in there again. Uh, you're, you're messing with my brain. You, you need Jesus. Anyway, and so number four, Satan is the blinder of the eyes of the unsaved. We know that. Second Corinthians 4, 4. But it's good to remember that because you meet people every day that this is their dilemma. In 2 Corinthians 4, 4, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Satan, tomorrow when you go to work, 
and you meet people that act like they're not interested in God, just beware of something. They are blinded. They can't see. If they could see their reality, they would be like, oh my goodness, I need Jesus right now. But they're blinded. Their minds are blinded. Their hearts are hardened. And you need to pray. The worst kind of, uh, the worst kind of uh, person they are or um, the, a person in your office that's probably the most um, difficult to get along with needs your prayers desperately because they need Jesus. And they're so blinded, so hard. And the only way that's going to change is your prayers and uh, others praying for them. So if you've got Christians in your office, just don't let them get under your skin. Look at them like, my goodness, this person is spiritually sick. Um, my mother worked in a mental institution for 30 years. Never hardly talked about it. Never hardly mentioned it. Uh, served God all those years. Went and did her job. Went home uh, and took care of six kids. Um, and so going there, she finally once or twice talked to me about it. And she said, well, Carl, they, they don't know what they're doing. They'd fight me. Um, they'd, they'd say all kind of terrible things to me. But she said, I, I wouldn't pay them any mind because I know they're mentally sick. So probably you and I need to just re realize that people all around us that get on our nerves, that, that attack us, no, be like her and realize, well, inside you understand they're spiritually sick and they need wholeness. They need Jesus. And when they're spiritually sick, they need somebody to love them when they shouldn't even be loved. They need somebody to care about them when they act like they don't want anybody to care about them. And they need desperately somebody to pray for them and to be there for them when they fall and crash during the problems of life. Um, and they will. I will assure you, the day will come if they don't turn to God, the day will come they'll be looking for somebody to help them because the day will come they will need help. Let's, let's pray right now for your friends and coworkers and people that don't know Christ. Maybe it's a neighbor that doesn't know Christ and someone that maybe even has attacked you and even put you down as a Christian. But let's just right now start to pray for him. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, there are hundreds of people, Lord, Lord, that we rub shoulders with, that we have to work with, that we talk to, that do not know you. Satan has blinded their eyes, hardened their hearts, ensnared them. And I ask you, O oh Lord God, use us all to love people that are unlovable. God, help us to care about the ones 
that make it difficult for us to care about them. God, help us to pray for the ones that act like they don't need prayer and don't want it. God, help us to be your instrument. Oh, Lord God, to see that hardened heart begin to soften and be open to the gospel and the truth. To see that mind become clear and that blindness removed. God, we pray for that coworker. We pray, oh Lord God, for the neighbor. We pray, God, for that relative. Lord, we pray for that husband. We pray for that wife. We pray for the mother-in-law, the father-in-law. God, whoever it is that's blinded, God, open their eyes, God, open their eyes, God, open their eyes, God. We don't want to be deceived and we don't want others to be deceived, Lord. We don't want to be ensnared and we don't want others to be ensnared. God, thank you for the power we have over the power of the enemy. God, thank you that we can come against every scheme and plan and device of hell and cast it at our feet. And we give you thanks and praise for that in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and Christians, you're just whispering a prayer because there may be those and no doubt are sitting in this building that need God. You're sitting here on a Wednesday night. You need Christ. You are not right with God. You need forgiveness. You need a relationship. The enemy has put a trap in your life and he's put bait. Because he knows human nature, because he knows past habits, because he knows. And he wants to take us out. God, have mercy on all of us. Have mercy on us all, Lord. God, have mercy on us all. If you're here in this building and you need forgiveness, you need to get right with God. You need that trap lifted from your life because you are ensnared by it. If that's you, you need prayer. Lift your hand. Let me see it quickly just across this building. You need prayer. God bless you. Others, quickly, just lift your hand. You need prayer. You need to get right with God. Stand with us, please. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Two things. If you need God, you need a relationship with Christ, I'm going to ask you in a moment to come to this altar. The other thing is, if you've got somebody that when we started praying for that person that's blinded, that's bound, that has a hardened heart, uh, and you thought of a couple people that, boy, uh, really came rushing in, I want you to come to this altar, and I want you to just spend a few minutes praying for them at this altar area, all right? Because God wants to use you. Uh, maybe, maybe you don't have great influence on them, but you have great influence through your prayers. Maybe not through your relationship, but through your prayers you do. 
So that's you. Come to this altar. Stand here for a few minutes. Intercede for that person again. And uh, especially if you need God. If you need Christ, you need a relationship with God, you step out and come. And let's pray together before you leave this building. Lead us, Pastor John. Jesus, my God. Yes, 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 Lord God. Yes, Lord God Almighty. My God Almighty. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're good. my God. Pastor John's going to lead us in prayer. These altars still open. Pastor Ben's here. If you'd like to partake of communion, slip down to the front and, uh, you know, be served and, and just thank God for his cup, the cup of forgiveness, the cup of, of uh, grace extended toward our lives. Thank God, his healing power in the communion table. So slip to this altar and partake. Lead us, Pastor John. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for your word today. Thank you, God, for your power in this room. Thank you, Lord God, uh, that you're touching those that have reached out to you, Lord, and that have come to these altars tonight. I thank you, Lord God, that the trap of the enemy and the weapons that have been formed against these people are defeated in the name of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Lord, uh, that no matter what the situation is, no matter what the need is, God, you are meeting them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for salvations and deliverances, Lord God. I thank you for chains being broken. I thank you, God, for habits being uh, broken, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, for joy being restored. I thank you. Lord, for peace being restored in the lives of these, your people. Whatever it is, God, I thank you that you're making it happen by your Holy Spirit. And I thank you that that's happening over our broadcast for those that are reaching out to you right now. And even all over this sanctuary for, with unspoken prayer requests, God, we know, Father, that you're meeting the needs of your people and we praise you for it. Now, as we leave this time together, God, please don't let us leave your presence, but go with, with us. Continue to minister to us and lead us and guide us, God, that we might not fall into the traps and the snares of the enemy, God, but that we might walk in the victory that you've given us through your son, Jesus Christ. And we will continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. Have a wonderful, victorious week in the Lord. Pastor Ben is here to serve you communion if you'd like to take it tonight. Otherwise, we'd love to see you again very soon. God bless.